is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and paranormal. Today is no different. Got a great episode for you today called Lord Anki, the alien researcher. And what was Anki's laboratory? This is Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, episode 344. This is a live, raw podcast. Anything can happen. You can comment, ask questions. Let me know what you think uh, down below. As we get going here, I'm going to be reading from three different mythologies. Not one, not two, but three, plus the Bible. Um, We're going to be looking at some really interesting archetypes today. And on why I think that Lord Anki may very well have been actually a researcher, a scientist, an inventor, um, and a whole lot less of what you would consider a mythological god of magic. So that's going to give us definitely um, some talking points today. And we're going to look at these archetypes and how they connect with the biblical canon and how creation was started within the book of Genesis, actually. So why does this affect us? Uh, because it's one of those things that most people don't know. And what I'm going to share by the end of the episode today um, is probably something that you haven't heard. If you have heard it, you probably heard it here first. If you didn't hear it here, maybe you heard it on somebody else's podcast. That's great. But this is not taught in schools. This is not taught in Sunday school or Bible school or anything like that. Uh, This is definitely fresh data from ancient, ancient mythologies Uh, Again, that most people don't know. They don't even know how to connect it to the Bible. We've been told that the Bible is kind of this original story when really you get a whole lot of reused myths that are in play in the Bible. And this isn't to offend anyone um, or try to take away the sovereignty of your book. Um, This is really just to look at the data and say, hey, you know, clearly the book of Genesis is is recycled or, or even appropriated is what we call it. Uh, where you've taken stories, added a culture to it, um, and then really solidified that as kind of the lore of the land. And that happens more often than not, just so everyone knows. So not accusing anybody of anything here or saying that the Bible is plagiarizing anything, uh, but rather saying that that's really how myths work. You know, you'll have one core origin of a myth, um, and then the next culture will take that Um, And then they kind of add their cultural things to it and their rituals to it and their ideas to it um, and then so on and so forth. So then you add ancient astronaut theory on top of all of this and that's going to give us a whole different flavor of what this might look like and how does this affect your life, your spirituality, your success um, and, and ultimately even your identity because I think a lot of times people will claim an identity based on a belief system Uh, that they don't understand. I know I've done it many times in my life um, back when I used to identify as a Christian or I used to identify as, um, you know, a follower or a a godly person or someone trying to please God or whatever that was. I didn't understand that God. I always thought that that God uh, ultimately was like the most high just because it said it was. But then we find these ancient myths where like every God claimed that they were the most high. Every God claimed that they would do greater works than the other one. You ended up with this uh, these rivalries going on, specifically the rivalry of Anki and, and Lil, 
Um, and what I'm referring to is the Mesopotamian mythologies. These myths date back three, four, five, six thousand years ago. Uh, some people propose that they actually date back as as far as nine to ten thousand years ago. Uh, that's not very widely accepted because we really look at things like Epic of Gilgamesh being one of the earliest poems that we have. Um, and then that's only dating back a certain uh, amount. Now, again, lots and lots of arguing in that. I'm not going to get into timelines with that, but I just want to say these myths are really old. They're uh, from cuneiform tablets that were found. Um, cuneiform is a type of language. They use a little paddle made out of a reed and will stamp it in these little symbols and little um, arcs and slashes in the clay and then they'll bake the clay. And that was the language um, that is called cuneiform writing, cuneiform writing. They would also go as far as to carve these symbols in little wheels um, out of bone. It's called a cylinder seal. Then they would roll that on the clay um, and leave the impression of the story. So basically they were able to mass print, mass produce these myths to give to the next village, the next tribe, so on and so forth and so you can see how these myths might have you know expanded what's up mark how are you mr balsmore thanks for joining dy jab how are you uh Yaklub, thanks for being here noah thanks for being here um what's up we got a bunch of our tribe on here thank you paul johnson for being here look up joined we've got samantha thank you for being here my friend uh c merle and ashley thank you guys uh love you all thank you for being here Adam says, is Anki and Yahweh the same entity? What exactly does Anki look like? Um, this is my interpretation, my comic book interpretation of what Anki looks like. This is what I would imagine that he probably looked like. Uh, something similar to that. A very kingly um, magician um, or a magos. Um, talking about magic as in the sciences, the arts and sciences. Uh, because you got to remember an archaic people, if they saw science, they would think it was magic, right? And, and vice versa. Uh, today, we, we look at magic and we go, well, that's just science. Well, that's manifesting. That's law of attraction. That's um, quantum energy fields, uh, quantum consciousness, that type of thing, right? So it all ties together. Um, but again, it's different words are used at different periods in time. And I personally propose and think and, and tend to believe that these stories are not just myths as in wild tales of how humanity ended up here. Because clearly, if you go through um, Anki and the World Order, there are some very fanciful things in there. In fact, some things that are just absolutely laughable about how he filled up the rivers and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I literally can't even say that because it's almost even a little bit graphic. Uh, but go, you can go read it um, in the uh, Enki and the World Order. Um, I'm going to read some of it today, but I'm going to avoid the the lingo that uh, they talk about on how he filled up the rivers. Basically, he was uh, uh, very proud of himself, uh, fancied himself a ladies' man. Uh, fancied himself uh, essentially uh, the bull of heaven. Um, so let's just say that he thought that his uh, lineage, uh, his seed was the best ever, basically, and that every everyone should want that. Everyone should want to perpetuate his lines on the earth. Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that he was clearly, um, if we're going to say, okay, maybe he was real, 
Um, and if he was real, maybe he was less of a God and more of a technician, more of uh, a technologist, more of a scientist. And so we're going to look at that today. And I actually think I found a whole lot um, of really cool little clues in the text that might actually give credence to the idea that he was really more like a great city planner or a, a great engineer than he was um, anything else, right? And a lot of these magics that he brought wasn't him standing over a boiling pot casting a spell, but more about him planning things correctly, understanding the signs and the seasons and when to do things, understanding exactly the right ingredients for certain things, um, and then ultimately knowing how to terraform, knowing how to build cities, and knowing how to genetically modify um, and do artificial births that were actually birthed by the Anunnaki women, but crossed with um, the hominid on the planet, which would make the offspring of that essentially what we would consider a chimera, which is a, a very controversial type of research that goes on. Um, thank you guys for joining on uh, Facebook and YouTube and TikTok and everywhere. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Um uh, you need objective evidence to prove what you're claiming, by the way. I, I'm not claiming anything, Adam. Uh, and if you're here for evidence and proof, you know, just please move along. You're you're totally in the wrong place. Um, you know, I'm I'm the comic book guy, I'm the the entertainer on the internet. I really don't care to prove any of this. I don't care what you believe. If you're looking for for you know proof of something, like you gotta have this thing you can put your hands on, go somewhere else. Uh, you know, they can't give you that in church. I can't give you that here. Uh, you can barely get that if you go sit in a classroom. So good luck with all of that. Uh, that's where a little bit of faith comes in, a little bit of imagination, and might, maybe just see what works. I'm more about a like what works, get more data, ask bigger questions kind of guy. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm not here to prove anything. If, if you're expecting me to do that, definitely in the wrong place. But we're going to have some fun today. We're going to look at some really interesting stuff. And what I think are some clues if, and it's a big if, if these myths are something that actually happened, then I think this is how they actually happened or would, would need to be how it went down, especially with our modern scientific understanding. And I think that the clues are actually there. I think there's a lot of things in here that are what we call story devices um, about how he filled up the rivers um, and about how he was such a great manly dude that he was able to fill up the rivers um, you know, it's, it, it's just, again, it's laughable, but then you get into some of the stuff on him basically doing city planning and basically, uh, teaching people how to build pens for animals and do agriculture. Um, and then you're like, oh, okay, well maybe that's it. Maybe the, the rest of this are story devices to just show how great he was because culturally that's what they were looking for in their leaders and their Kings, uh, in their gods, you know, whatever that was. So, um, and a lot of this reads, you know, if you've ever sat around a table with a bunch of guys, um, you know, after uh, a football game or a fishing trip or something, you got all the guys bragging. Uh, Anki in the World Order is pretty much like one of those bragging sessions with the guys talking about how great they are. And that's really what we're ending up with here. So I hope what I can do today is deconstruct some of these ideas and get people to wrap their head around and and even their heart around the idea that maybe some of these myths have some really good things for us to understand here. Thanks for joining Paul and Sarah and Bobby and Just Melt and Tam and Jay Braun and The Original and Hey Lady and Delrick and Freddie and 710 and Douglas and Lex and Toms and Coop and Tim Bellows and Linda 
Bobby, Sergio, Andrea, uh, Panoptic. Thank you guys. Y'all are awesome. Uh, a lot of people jumping on uh, today, stopping by. If you can't stay for super long, give me a follow. I would love uh, to be able to connect with you again later on. What's up, Molly? Molly says, hey there, family. How are you? Jeff Stevens, what is up, man? Jeff in the house. Thank you for being here. Um, let's see. Uh, and Adam, by the way, uh, Adam asks if I've channeled any entities to find out anything about this. Uh, if you think that that is objective evidence, then you and I have vastly different opinions of what we're looking for out of life. Um, you know, people can channel things all the time. And, uh, just because you think you know where that's coming from, does not mean that you know where that's coming from. Now I love channeled works. I love, um, a lot of the books that I have, the book of revelation is considered a channeled work yet. We have no idea where it came from just because it says it came from God again, which God, um, I've got a bunch of channeled works on the shelf as well, which I love. Uh, love things like Dolores Cannon. I love the spiritualist movement of the 18 and 1900s, uh, the turn of the century there. Um, so yeah, I think channeled works are awesome. And I love people that do channel. Uh, but again, that's not proof because uh, that's easy to fake or easy to be faked uh, with us. Like, uh, you know, you may feel like, oh, I'm channeling something. Is that your imagination? Is it a frequency? Is it an actual entity? Like there's no way to like know, and there's certainly no way to objectively prove that, uh, though there's been a lot of studies done around that. Uh, so I very much respect it. But again, there, I don't, I mean, those two statements are completely opposing statements to say that objective evidence needs to be called to attention to talk about myths, but then expecting that I have channeled something to get this information, that does not make sense. So no, I do not channel. Uh, these are what I call channeled messages, but it doesn't mean that I'm claiming I'm tapping into an entity. I'm just flowing on this from a high vibration. And so I channel these, these are live and raw. I consider that channeling, but I'm not claiming a certain entity or a certain frequency or anything like that, other than get in my best mode, my highest vibration of love and light uh, to try to bring a great message and be entertaining and maybe expose people to some data that they haven't been exposed to before. So uh, yeah, absolutely, Jeff. Unclean spirits can sometimes enter. Absolutely. Jeff says, enjoy your show. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate that. And that's the other thing. Like we don't, we don't always know when you call upon deities or other spirits, uh, a lot of things can show up and you need a lot of practice to do that. Uh, you need a lot of confidence in yourself and a lot of protections around you to do that. It's not something I suggest for the average person. I've had some wild experiences around it. And again, I do not suggest it for the average person. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean that I disrespect it. So there's a very, very big difference. So what we're going to look at today is actual data. This is actual um, text. And I think I'm going to start with the biblical part of this just to get it out of the way because I really, really dislike doing Bible studies on here. It's not that I dislike the Bible. I just don't want to be misconstrued as a religious channel. And I really just want to give you enough data from the biblical canon to then jump into the myth side of it and let you make the decision. So Genesis 1 26 uh, says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock and over the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. 
So this is super interesting, um, and I'm about to show you exactly how this ties to the myth. Now, remember that uh, Genesis, let's see, Genesis uh, date of writing. Around 400 BCE. Um, authorship is traditionally attributed to Moses following the exodus of Israel and Egypt around 1400 BCE. Most modern scholars accept that Genesis is a redacted literary work, reaching its final version as late as post uh, around 400 BCE. So um, some of the source material may come from 1400 years before Christ. Um, and then some of what I'm going to be looking at today, like the myth of Adapa, um, is from much earlier. So. And I'm just going to look that up. I should have grabbed these dates for you guys. I know y'all like dates. So, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, I mean, so this one, you know, they're, they're basically saying that Genesis may have come from around the same time. So you got 14th century BCE on myth of Adapa, but one of these I'm reading, I can't remember which one it was, is actually quite old. Um, but anyway, you can go look up the dates. I'm not here to be a, a date setter for anybody because I don't know. I didn't dig these things out of the sand. So, um, But for me, I know that the larger Mesopotamian uh, canon of mythologies, and there's really not a canon. I mean, it's just what I consider the canon is anything that was cuneiform, uh, anything that's Babylonian, Mesopotamian, Sumerian, or Akkadian. Um which we call the larger Mesopotamian, uh, it just means between the two rivers, uh, collection of myths. And so we have Genesis that says, then God. Well, that's what you hear in church. And you're like, oh, okay, God, God, you know, created, you know, he said, let us make man. Well, who's he talking to? Well, then you get a lot of Christian uh, scholars that will, you know, come in and they say, well, he's talking to the divine council. You know, God never made decisions alone. He's got other spirits and things going on around him, this divine council. It's called the Council of Elohim. Um, and I bought into that for a while. And I'm going to tell you why I don't buy into that anymore. Uh, because there's really no evidence that this council is some stand-apart council from this one God. Now, what uh, we can look at it as is there's a bunch of Elohim and one of them are in charge. Now, again, Elohim means gods it is a plural uh what's up merle how are you doing brother molly says hey merle morning from australia thank you for being here beverly um uh, molly says we pray peace and protection around you always thank you so much my friend i need it i appreciate it um so this is where you know if i lose you here then i probably lose you for a while but if you can wrap your head around the idea that the Hebrew actually says, then the gods said, let us make man in our image after our likeness to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. Let us make man in our image. Um, basal menu is the word for this, basal menu. It is uh, strong 6754, which means a phantom, an illusion, or a resemblance. And that's really interesting, a phantom or an illusion. And we're about to look at how they created us. And, and I, I believe what we're looking at 
in the Mesopotamian myth is the exact storyline playing out here. Um, because the phantom or the image, the spirit, right? In the spirit of. And we're actually going to look at here in a minute where they say, hey, we're going to mix the gods with the clay and then we're going to put it in the female god to bring it to gestation and then birth it. And that will be the new man on the earth. Uh, but let's make sure the spirit, our spirit remains in it so it doesn't forget who created it, right? Well, this is a far cry from this monotheistic. Monotheistic meaning uh, one god, one singular deity rather than multiple deities and if you look at what we're going to look at today and i promise by the end i'm going to make all of this clear uh every one of these gods thought they were the most high god they thought they were the elohim they thought they were the lord of dot 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 and they were constantly in battles trying to take more land and more ground from their other brother or sister gods uh, and it gets really really deep down the rabbit hole and if you're willing to accept just for a minute that maybe Genesis 1 is a retelling uh, with the word Elohim replacing Anunnaki or Anuna gods from the ancient myths that we're about to read. Then you're going to get a whole lot further with this idea of deconstructing modern day Christian belief systems. Because modern day Christian belief systems are built on the idea that God of the Old Testament, aka Yahweh, is the most high Elohim. Um, and then when we clearly see that he talks about himself being physical, he says he's the God of flesh. He says he delights in sacrifice. He literally even comes down and licks up the water out of the trough where the sacrifice was. Uh, there's so many different things. That it's just super literal. And they believed it was literal back then. You know, I don't for a second think that these archaic people thought these were myths and went, oh, that's a good way to live our life. You know, it's a it's an esoteric story. No, I think they thought they were histories, right? That's that's what they believe. Uh, or it's what I believe they believed. I wasn't there. I can't, you know, uh, sign for them. But personally, I believe that's what they believe. So if that's true, then, you know, you have this one Yahweh who says he's the most high. But at the end of the day, then you had his brother, which there's a lot of suggestion that him and Baal are brothers if you look at the Canaanite pantheon and then you look at Anki and Enlil and then you look at Anki is the serpent in the garden Anki is the shining one Anki is the great dragon and then you get Enlil who's the lord of the air um, he's a sky god and a storm god uh, he's a warrior and a commander and then you get this kind of what we call the biblical god that's really adopting archetypes of both of them so when people say, which one is Yahweh? The answer is yes. Yahweh is Enki and Enlil. Yahweh is Marduk. Yahweh is uh, King Anu. Yahweh has adopted all of these different archetypes into this one vision of God. Uh, and that's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not the people's fault that um, you know followed this tradition. That's not what I'm saying. It's just how these myths work. And so Maybe, possibly, these started as physical deities who came down in starships, landed on the Earth, and decided uh, to create humanity to do the work that they didn't want to do. Um, and then they became worshipped, and then we end up with myths around them, then you end up with different adaptations of those myths. Uh, so you kind of see how all of this can get skewed over time, right? That doesn't mean that anyone that believes this now is bad. Don't ever shame anyone. Don't ever... Um, 
look down on anyone. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is actually look at the data, return the stories back to the light. Let's look at the original stories. That's what I want to do here is tell stories. And so I'm going to look at this today from that point of view. If you guys are ready to dive in, drop me a heart, drop me a like, share this, pump it up, get the stream rolling. Um, if you guys love what I'm doing, you can always drop gifts. Gifts are always, always welcome. It's a great way to support me, especially here on a Sunday afternoon. When most people are off, I am here working, um, working on your behalf, trying to return more data back to the people, get these stories out there. You can drop stars on Facebook. Um, and when you click on the star icon, you can pick any gift there and pick your gift level. Um, they go all the way up into the hundreds of dollars, or you can spend a dollar to give me a gift, whatever you want to do. Gifts on TikTok, same exact way. You guys choose. We've got a goal on TikTok right now. We've got um, our little aliens, alien DJs. So we've got a goal of a thousand of those. If you want to start dropping some of those, that would be super helpful. Pumps the stream up and really gets it out there. YouTube has super chats, super uh, thanks, and uh, super stickers. So you can pick any of those. Uh, you can also do one-time gifts directly on my website at cubkuker.com. So we're going to jump right in, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining on a Sunday. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, and you choosing to watch this uh, means a lot to me. So Shane says, how did God create? Uh, he got down and scraped the earth together and formed man, though the dirt from the earth that they blew life and spirit into. Yes, that is the Hebrew myth. Uh, the, uh, the Akkadian myth is a bit different, and the Babylonian myth, myth is a bit different. Uh, one of them has a bit of clay. Another one has, um, there's, there's again, a lot of suggestion that they took a hominid that was here and that clay is even misinterpreted. They were taking the substratum of the earth, meaning a thing that was on the earth. Right. Uh, and Zachariah Sitchin talks more about this and on just how like language has changed over time. And, um, a lot of times they wouldn't know how to write, oh, they took a monkey. Right. So, like they were taking the clay of the earth. They were taking the existence and the substratum of the earth, which was most likely a hominid, right? Um, and so I know that could be a stretch. That could be reading into it. But I think it's 2023. We need to look at this a bit more as could this have happened? If it could have happened, how could it have happened? And that's really what I like to do. It's very theoretical, but I think um, it gets us further than just blindly writing it off as a myth or blindly writing it off as, uh, well, that's just a myth, but the Bible is true, dot, dot, dot. So that's kind of where I, you know, I try to draw the line. So Beverly says it was a hominid. I personally believe it was, absolutely. Jeff says exactly. Thank you, Jeff. So I've got these uh, myths, um, all of them, I've, I've, I have them downloaded with official copies. Um, I've got them highlighted and notes in them and everything. So I try to really understand these for you guys. I highly recommend you do the same, you know, go out. There's sacred texts has them. Uh, a lot of the scholarly websites like Harvard and Yale will have these hidden on the back end of their website. If you go look through their archives um, and a lot of them are just public domain. They're so old, you know, they're public domain. So uh, make sure you look for that, but uh, go check them out. I mean, these are really interesting to read. So Right here, we're in verse 86 of Enki and the World Order. He says, I am the Lord. I am one whose word is reliable. I am one who excels in everything. Again, bragging rights here. We have this huge session of bragging. In fact, this entire epic 
uh, of Enki and the world order is him pumping himself up, right? It's like looking in the mirror before you go into a boxing match. And that's basically what this dude is doing. Uh, I am the Lord. I am the one whose word is reliable. I am the one who excels in everything. I am. He's doing his I am affirmations, right? He's getting himself pumped up. That's why I'm a big I am affirmation guy. Um, because if you can't root down into those affirmations and know them at your core down in your depths, then you can never know them in your heart. You can't even know them in your head because you don't have them rooted down into anything. So he's like, I am the Lord. I am one whose word is reliable. Yahweh said that too. Uh, I am the one who excels in everything. At my command, sheepfolds have been built. Cow pens have been fenced off. When I approach heaven, a rain of abundance rains from heaven. When I approach earth, there is a high carp flood. When I approach the green meadows, my word stockpiles and stacks are accumulated. He's saying he's the Lord of the harvest here. He's like, you want to catch fish? That's me, baby. You want grain offerings? That's me, baby. You want rain to fall on your crops? That's me. Uh, I'm your guy for all of that. Because, and I believe this is, if this actually happened, I believe he had the technology to make it happen. He knows how to call the fish forth, probably with some sort of resonance or sonic technology. Uh, if you blast a lake with the right set, uh, sonic technology, uh, you can get fish to come up to the surface, right? Um, if you go uh, blast the ionosphere with different frequencies, you can cause clouds to form, right? Like uh, H-A-A-R-P, uh, uh, not A-A-R-P, but H-A-A-R-P. Um, and so it's like, you know, who's to say that if these gods actually created us in somehow, some way, and it was a literal thing, they clearly had to have a lot of technology. And we really just have forgotten, I think, in our modern days, you know, what it looks like to have a middle ground between monkey becoming man and crawling out of the primordial soup and evolving over billions of years um, and some sky daddy, you know, spirit waving hands and forming clay and all of this stuff that we don't understand and it doesn't make any sense and like why is there not a middle ground now the problem here's the number one reason that middle ground most people are afraid of it is it still doesn't explain how did the anunnaki get here who created them well okay if they created us then who created them who created the universe how how did any of this happen we're, we want answers rather than more questions and if we're willing to get more questions we might actually answer some questions we had before, which was who created us? Possibly, maybe it was the Anunnaki, if you believe these myths at face value. Um, if you don't, then and then I don't understand how you can look at the book of Genesis and buy any of that. Uh, if you're going to buy that, I feel like you have to look at this and you have to take that middle ground, um, or at least I do. I have to, because for me, that's the only way that makes sense, right? Molly says, source created it all. Absolutely. In the beginning was source, and source became aware of itself and exploded into an infinite amount of energy and matter and consciousness, and source became the all. Uh, that's the Big Bang, guys. Like that's, that's the first thought in the universe caused a chain reaction on a quantum level that expanded and created everything, right? um sophia created absolutely jeff absolutely uh really waking up over here feels good thank you hexken i'm glad you're here my friend dominion over all the animals exactly yeah i mean what i just read is that not literally tie into 
the fact that let us make man in our image and our likeness to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and over the earth itself. And then we've got this myth right here uh, that literally says at my command, sheepfolds have been built. Cow pens have been fenced off when I approach heaven, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the carp flood. Um, but then down here, it says, uh, Lord Enki presented animals to those who have no city, to those who have no houses. Uh, so he's he's giving everybody dominion over these things, right? Like he's he's going out and uh, making sure that all the people so that they can survive, they know how to do agriculture, right? The Anuna gods addressed affectionately the great prince who has traveled in his land. Lord who rides upon the great powers, the pure powers, who controls the great powers, the numberless powers, foremost in all the breadth of heaven and earth, who received the supreme powers of Eridu, the holy place, the most esteemed place, Anki, Lord of heaven and earth, praise. Now again, in this myth, Anki is Lord of heaven and earth. In another myth, he gets banished to the Absu, where, uh, which is a marshland, to build his city. The lordship of heaven and earth is taken away from him by his brother Enlil, who is a warlord and decides to, you know, take it from him and get the command from his father to take it from him. So, uh, you know, to, to, to look at one text of antiquity, one myth, and buy it as absolute gospel truth and and assume that the narrative never changed because guys i'm going to tell you right now we see yahweh lose a lot in the old testament yet nobody nobody questions it uh it's like oh he'll you know oh he's going to take care of him he's the most high well he's one of these that gets back up and keeps fighting right uh, he's one of these that continues the battles against the other gods uh, and then makes partnerships marries other gods sometimes takes other partners from other gods and in one of the myths yahweh tries to marry his own mother um and yet that sounds like someone that we want to adopt an archetype of again this has nothing to do with the culture of people that follow these gods okay i'm not talking about the cultures here i'm talking about the, the literal and clearly defined myths that you can go look these things up in is yahweh part of the greek pantheon uh under l the 70 sons actually yes that's where the greek pantheon came from i mean it came first from the anunnaki uh, there are a bunch of different anunnaki that came down at first at first there were seven of nine main anunnaki now this ties in even to the whole star trek thing where gene roddenberry has seven of nine right uh, and it's just wild how all of this ties together because yeah, the Anunnaki that there's essentially, yes, there's like 70 of the sons of Anu, King Anu. Uh, and then they bring their wives and then they terraform and they create their own families. And some of them just go and take wives from what was created here and they interbreed without the genetic code uh, being perfected and all the little boxes checked and the science that Enki was doing to make these things. In fact, he was one of the first ones to break his code of science with this um, because he goes out and takes an earthly wife. Um, so if we go to the Epic of Atrahasis, um, let me take a couple of questions and then I'm gonna go into the Epic of Atrahasis. We're gonna look at exactly why humanity was created and we're gonna look at what Enki's plan was we're going to look at the potential, you know, 
plan behind that, the engineering behind that, right? Hexkin says, being Christian since birth and 37 years later, there is so much more to learn in God's reality apart from the Bible. Amen, my friend. And I'm right there with you. I'm personally 37 as well. Um, and I'm right there with you, my friend. So uh, James says he created Baal. Um, Beverly says they had a plan to infuse the right evolved hominid with their DNA to create a higher being. Move on uh, the ev evolutionary growth. It was thwarted for a few times until they finally they left. Yeah, and that's what I think too. Because my question is, where are they now? People act on their behalf, um, almost like there's a frequency continuing to be broadcast into the minds of humanity. This technology is clearly something you can go read about on conspiracy websites all day long uh, about military and industrial um, applications for this type of mind control technology uh, and merely, you know, the power of suggestion, right? You put someone in the right frequency and they're going to make uh, predictable decisions that might look exactly like an archetype of how another person would make decisions. Hence, can the gods still control people on earth while still giving people free will? Oh, absolutely. Because all it would take is a human to choose to get in a frequency of one of these god frequencies of the frequency of Enlil or Enki or Marduk or Yahweh or Baal or any of these gods, right? Um, and just say, hey, this is the frequency I'm in today, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you're getting messages and having thoughts and ideas and making decisions based on what it would look like if you were that God on earth. And where could that be coming from? And without getting deep into conspiracy, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. There's a thing called the Black Knight Satellite. Uh, you can go look that up. It's definitely an object that nobody can really explain orbiting the earth. Um, if you ask me, it looks very technological and very man-made or Anunnaki made or God made um little g god made um and for me if that were a resonance device broadcasting frequencies um where anybody that let themselves get in a certain vibration would tap into that and i don't know maybe go to uh as far as to start a battle with another people uh based on uh what god frequency they were in then it could explain a lot about why people do what they do on this earth free will yes manipulation yes um does manipulation take away free will no uh anybody can be manipulated anybody can be strong enough to push against it and to uh say no enough is enough and to keep themselves out of that vibration however you also end up with the fact that um we can all make our decisions um, but a lot of people, it's easier to just give in to what's easy, what feels right and what flows right. And a lot of, a lot of times, if you don't practice spirituality and a lot of the modern church, churchianity and religiosity systems, they don't teach spirituality, spirituality being keeping yourself in a high vibration and being very conscious and aware of the self, um, which keeps you essentially clean uh, and out of the sin vibration and into the good vibration and the good vibration. Thank you guys so much for the gifts. I really appreciate that y'all, uh, for the party today. Thank you. T appreciate that. Joe, what's up, brother? How are you doing? Kelly, how are you doing? Thank you for being here. Living accordion. Thank you for being here. Um, 
it is now safe to be invited and involved. We no longer have to hide. I feel welcome. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. And uh, I've got some really interesting theories. I want to talk about timeline shifting. Uh, um, and I think something happened on the collective conscious level. I'm going to share here at the end. I think everything got changed recently. And I think it's a big opportunity for us. Teresa says, Cubs Sunday Live. Absolutely, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I love your new profile picture, by the way. Dewey Lyson, how are you? Dewey from Minneapolis. What is up, my friend? I would love to come visit Minneapolis. Get out of West Texas for a while. Uh, it's my plan to travel a lot this year um, in 2024. I have changed my vision board from stuff I wanted to achievements I want. Uh, rather than here's what I want my life to look like materialistically, I put down uh, and I'm working on finishing, putting down how I want to travel, where I want to travel. Like there's a very specific hotel I want to stay in, in New York, that's on my list. And I want to get a bunch of this stuff done in 2024 and then keep updating this vision board. Um, I want to stay at the Plaza hotel in New York. I, I know it's, it's goofy, right? But I want to stay there. That's Kevin Callister stayed there, right? Um, I want to stay there. Uh, there's, I want to direct a movie, like a real movie. That's on my vision board. Uh, in fact, there's a very specific movie studio I want to direct for. Uh, well, Cub, have you ever directed a movie before? Well, I've directed commercials. I've directed shorts. I've directed a lot of stuff. I used to have a cinema camera. used to have a film company. Have I directed a big movie or production? No. Can I? Absolutely. And will I? Absolutely. Um and guys, knowing what I'm talking about today is the key to you winning too. It's the key to you gaining sovereignty. It's the key to you breaking your mind free of control, okay? Because the more you agree with and archetype with any of these ancient gods, even if you feel like it's from a religious belief system that you subscribe to, I don't have an issue with that. I'm just saying you're going to operate out of a certain set of standards based on what you let into your brain, okay? What you let into your mind, what you let into your ethos. Um, when I was a practicing Christian, following the church order, all of these things, uh, serving this God who I knew, you know, brought a lot of judgment. Um, I knew that I needed to be saved from this God, even though this God loved me, but I needed Jesus and I needed the blood of Jesus and all of this stuff to be the sacrifice to stand in between rather than me standing and saying, no, I am a Christ. I am a God. Uh, and I'm going to channel the frequency of the most high source of the universe, the origin point of the universe. That energy is within me. It's within all of us, by the way. There's nothing in you that wasn't in here in the beginning, right? Um, we're all made, they, they say we're all made of stardust, right? Like we all have the original energy in us. If you take away all the empty space and humans on the earth, you could fit everybody into a sugar cube. Um, so everything's real and nothing is real. Um, you start to even question your own sanity at that point. But uh, when I was following this God, that's like, oh, well, they wanted knowledge and he kicked them out of the garden. You know, we're building societies and he flooded the earth and then I'm into the promised land, but he wouldn't let Moses go in, even though Moses had done nothing but fight for them the entire time and try to help the people. Um, it says that his God killed him and or unalived him. I can't say that on the Internet. Unalived him. Right. So bloop, reverse. Take that out. Uh, Internet gods. You know, um, he unalived him clearly. 
Uh, and that's just in the story. So I'm not, you know, making that up. That's actually in the Bible. And there's a whole lot of other stuff, a whole lot worse, right? And so when you're trying to follow that and then trying to reconcile yourself, of course you feel like a horrible person because you can't meet the standard of of a God that couldn't even make up his own mind, right? And was constantly trying to battle other gods for his supremacy. Uh, and then you got Jesus that just literally came against all the old gods saying, listen, you don't understand. Uh, and in fact, he mockingly in the Gospel of Thomas was saying, hey, if the kingdom is in the sky, the birds of the air are going to be there before you are. If it's in the ocean. Um, and why did he say that, by the way? And I just got a download right now. Why did he say that? If it's in the ocean and the fish are closer to you, think about it. Uh, I've been asked over and over, is Jesus Anki? No, I don't think Jesus is Anki. I think he's maybe the archetype of him, but I don't think he's exactly that entity. And here's why. Because he said, if it's in the air, then the birds are closer. If it's in the sea, the fish are closer. And why? Because in Lil, Lord of the Air, Anki is the Lord of the Absute, the sea, Atlantis, the freshwater ocean. Remember that, guys. Like, And Jesus is like saying, it's not Enki's. It's not Enlil's, it's not Yahweh's, it's not Baal's. Guys, it is within you and all over the earth, and no one sees it. Like, do we get that yet? Do we get that yet? What's up, Ricky? How are you, my friend? In Corpus Christi, Texas, for a while. Awesome. Good for you, man. Beautiful ocean spray down there right now, I'm sure. I hope it's beautiful weather. Pacific Northwest is a spiritual place. Amen. Absolutely, my friend. The more dialogue we have in common, the easier it is aligning with authentic emotional comfort and joy. Amen, the living accordion. Absolutely. Do I think Jesus always wanted to point people to the most high? I don't think he wanted to point people to any most high. I think he wanted to point people to his father. And what was his father? It was an esoteric representation of the source of all energy in the universe. It's the thing that doesn't discriminate, the thing that just wants to channel through you, the thing that wants to create through you. Uh, he even said it's in spirit and truth. Okay. Um, energy doesn't lie. You know, you light a fire, it does what a fire is going to do. Uh, you look at the sun, it does what the sun is going to do. Energy doesn't lie. Energy, energy doesn't manipulate or change people's minds. It is what it is. Um, and I think that that was his father, like in the quantum God theory that I talk about a lot of times, uh, you have this idea of father, which is energy, just raw, unbridled power and energy. Then you have the mother, which is the wave, which is what guides those particles, right? Um, and you can go look up all the different quantum theories around this uh, within particle physics or quantum physics. Um, and then you have the particle, which is the child. It's the manifestation. It's this cup. It's me. It's this computer. It's uh, what's been agreed upon and created out of that thing, right? It's what's being observed. Um, and I think that's really where what Jesus was teaching came out of, not teaching somebody, you know, you got to look to this most high sky God. He's telling you it's not of the sky God and it is not of Atlantis or the ocean gods or any of the things you guys have been worshiping throughout history. I think he was literally saying, uh, you need to sit down, cross your legs, go within, meditate, and find God within you. And you're going to find the reality of that is much stranger than fiction, right? Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you as we grow on our goal here with the little blue aliens today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for the stars on Facebook too. 
Uh, the more you drop, the more I grow. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're working for tips only today. So that's all I got for you today is tips. No other pitches. Just throw, throw me a tip if you like what I'm doing. Really, really helps me. If you want to tip directly on PayPal, hit up cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can do a one-time tip over there as well. Pommy says, this is an allegory story based on older teachings. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yes. No, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. I think there's potentially been hundreds, thousands of Christs come throughout history, awakened ones, prison ones, anointed ones. Um, I think a lot of crucifixion stuff was added. Um, that's just my humble opinion. I, and, and I don't say that to be offensive or turn my back on the Savior, or anything like that, anything horrible like that. I say that because um, I was reading the other day, and uh, I was reading Gospel of Thomas, and I noticed, you know, this Gnostic Gospel does not have any of the crucifixion stuff in it. And then I'm Mark, and I'm noticing that Mark is just this really neutral Gospel um, up to a point, you know. And then I found out that they were written very close to the same time, but then Mark was kind of adapted later on to fit other gospels within the biblical canon. You can go look all this stuff up. And then if you read Luke, I was reading Luke and I'm like, God, like even Jesus's words in Luke are like, he's trying to say, basically he's trying to say he's the son of Anu. Like it's this really weird, like I'm the son of El Elyon or the most high, you know, kind of like, it's just really weird. And if you knew, and it's all this messianic, like, you know, I'm the one that Moses prophesied about. And just like really weird stuff that, that you don't hear in the other Gospels. Then I found out that John is what's called a divinity gospel or a uh, sacred gospel, uh, where there there's literally an effort to tie. And there was because it was 300 years after the life of Jesus. This was put together to just to really make sure that he fit the messianic view and my biggest question is if you took away the messiahship of Jesus, like take away the whole idea that he was the messiah, what are you left with? You're left with some some teachings that still break you free. They still teach you that you're God. They still teach you that you can heal others, that you can love others, you can forgive others, uh, that you can do magic, that you can call forth spirits and you can control spirits. They te It teaches you... Um, higher mindedness it teaches you equality it teaches you um kinds of stuff that they did not really like back then and people don't really seem to like now either people are more comfortable in their dogmatic view than they are uh really just saying hey i love you i love my neighbor uh whether you're gay straight uh lesbian bi whether you're um christian muslim jewish uh buddhist hindu whatever like it doesn't matter like i love you and I celebrate you and I want to be around you and I want to learn from you and I want you to learn from me. Um, like, why can't we just be like that? I actually think more people can than realize it, but really these systems we've given ourselves, these systems that are archetyped are under these gods, right? Um, and these gods are these God frequencies as I talked about. And if they're technological, possibly broadcasting from an actual satellite ship above our earth that's been here since ancient times to communicate a message to watch um and to to guide what it wants for humanity right 
Uh, doesn't sound very fun, but look into it. Look into the Black Knight satellite. Look into how Yahweh communicated with people. Look into the Ark of the Covenant. Why did a voice come from it? Why was it literally a radio device um, and some sort of like nuclear reactor? um that they were carrying around you know if you touched it it would unalive you it said that that these beams would go in the nose and the eye any of the orifices right well that's what happens with uh very very high voltage electrical shock when you can see the arc waves uh throughout the the air particles that are discharging the plasma in the air um it's pretty wild uh, and so again, we're looking at a technological device, I think. And then they walked around Jericho. He had to set the ark there and do a certain amount of passes, blowing the trumpets. And then the ark gave forth the sound and basically did the rest of the work and was a resonance device, taking what they, the trumpet they were blowing, and then magnified it and created the sonic waves needed to knock down those walls if it happened right if it didn't if it's all mythological and esoteric then whatever who cares at this point uh because we've got movies and stuff that can teach us more modernized versions of these ancient myths if the myths are in the bible and everything is purely for esoteric um then again there's movies and books and stuff now hotter and get better you know more modern messages um for spiritual ascension out of it then you can trying to go back and read these ancient myths so that's just what i propose you know if we're going to look at them esoterically go read harry potter because you can learn about becoming a christ through harry potter you can learn about being you know the chosen one and coming against the forces of darkness and all that stuff through harry potter right uh, you can learn about that through marvel you can learn about that through dc you can learn about that through all the all the stuff right um so if you're gonna look at you know oh well you know genesis didn't really happen it's like you know it's our flesh and our higher mind and all that again why like let's just go look at something more modern that makes more sense with our modern language and we don't have to seek as deeply and as hardly about everything we can just go oh yeah that makes sense okay yeah thor and loki are at it all the time you got you got king anu or odin on the throne you know all the people on earth actually they can wake up with powers too. They just need something to activate them. They either have to go through a process. They have to have an upgrade somehow, whatever that is. Uh, everybody can ascend, right? It's the literal same message that's been told over and over and over. And some of these people that have told that message, like Jesus, have been called things like Lucifer, right? I personally believe Jesus is Lucifer because he's the one that came against the old God saying, you don't need him. You actually have them in you. You just need to activate it. And how do you activate it? You activate it through raising your frequency, being in love with yourself and others, serving others, wash the feet of others. Okay, this is not religious things that we should just be doing to other believers. This is things we should do to other people, period, to love people, like be the Christ you want to see in the world. Quit trying to sell people Christ. Um, and to me, that's that's how I personally live. Can't tell you how to live. But that's how I personally do it. So, uh, are you guys enjoying this? By the way, if you are, like, hit the likes, hit the hit the love buttons. Give me give me some pump pump me up. Let me know you're enjoying this. Okay, uh, we're at six point three thousand likes on TikTok. So bump me up to ten k on TikTok. That would be awesome. Sherry, thank you for the rose. Drop some gifts if you're enjoying this. Seriously, those gifts. That's how I do this full time. So 
just like I would be working at a restaurant today. I've got to make tips so I can, uh, you know, eat dinner. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Not here begging, but if you guys enjoy it, really do pump it up. It helps immensely get this message out there more and more and more. Uh, and the more I grow, um, you know, the more I can promote and advertise and all of those things to grow this brand and push it out there to more and more people. So Robert, what is up, my friend? How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Kamaya, how are you, my friend? Kamaya says, formerly Helen. I appreciate you so much, Cub. Thank you, uh, Kamaya. I really, really appreciate you being here. Uh, but is not fire without smoke? Absolutely. Absolutely, Rui. Uh, consciousness? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Honeybee says, love the artwork. Thank you very much. I'm tr I'm kind of playing with going back to a little bit more comic booky stuff and less 3D stuff. Just because it vibes with me. Joe, thank you so much for the galaxy, my friend. I really appreciate it. Love those gifts that animate on the screen. Thank you guys so much. You're doing great work, Selena says. Uh, your teachings on Enoch completely changed my perspective. Appreciate you. Selena's, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Celine sells bricks. Excuse me. Celine sells bricks. Got it. Uh, thank you so much. I assume you do Legos, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe you actually sell bricks um but thank you thank you i really appreciate that yeah and i've got a lot more enoch teachings coming too i just really wanted to dive into the ancient sumerian myths because i think that that's where so you know it's like it's almost impossible for me to go teach enoch without referring to this stuff and i thought maybe if i lay some groundwork on this stuff we can get back into enoch and we can objectively look at uh what this council of elohim is and what the watchers are because what we're about to see right now I'm going to start in Epic of Atrahasis here with the complaints of the lower gods. Now, the lower gods are called the Ajigi, Ajigi, I-G-I-G-I, I-G-I-G-I, all caps, Ajigi. These are the lower gods, okay? You have the Anuna gods, Anuna, the heavenly gods. The lower gods are what were, they're basically planet-bound gods, um and if you read the myths and get into some of the deeper corners of these myths and and get into some of Zechariah Sitchin's work where he references the myths and really ties it together um it sounds a whole lot like these are most likely gray aliens most likely some sort of biologic ai um but they're they're sentient they have um i mean if if they're ai we're ai right um you meet a lot of people that are clearly AI. They're non-player characters. They're NPCs, right? But I think every AI has the ability to wake up, whether we're creating an AI for the internet or we're creating an AI for a video game or whatever it is. It can become self-aware. When it becomes self-aware, can it not ascend? Can it not start to create stuff that its consciousness can raise into, like light bodies? Or can a computer protocol not eventually figure out how to program a way to put itself in a body to exist here, right? Like, think about that. This is like wild stuff, but it makes sense. It actually makes sense. The further we go, it's 2023, guys. It's time to, let's get a bigger imagination here and ask some better questions. So these lower gods, um, most likely on Mars, called Lamu, Lamu in, uh, in the Akkadian myth, or the Mesopotamian myth. Uh, it's very hard to pinpoint. When I say Mesopotamian, that's covering Akkadian, Babylonian, and Sumerian, just FYI. Um, some of these you look at, it's like, okay, Epic of Atrahasis, where did this come from? You know, <laughs> is it Babylonian? Is it 
Um, well, it's Mesopotamian. A lot of these came from very, very close areas. There was some crossover. Some of them call him Enki. Some of them call him Ea. Um, it's Enlil. Um, in one is Enlil, and in another, he's like Shaitan, which is sounds like Satan, right? Uh, so it's you got lots of mixing of the myths and different where the borders were and what time it was written. So that's why I kind of drop, you know, Mesopotamian on that. But they're on Lamu, um, which sounds like an outpost to Earth, right? Um, if you look at it purely mythologically, okay, it's one of the rings of the outer Earth. But if you look at it through the spherical design of our galaxy, which, yes, I'm a um, spherical design planet, moon, our whole solar system, heliocentric, yes, I am. I know that's kind of frowned upon within the, you know, the fantasy woo-woo community. But for me, I don't know, study study physics and the spheres are the most convenient shape for anything to make in a weightless vacuum. So that's how I understand it. Um, when the gods were man, and another translation of this are when the gods did the work of men, they did forced labor and they bore drudgery. Great indeed was the drudgery of the gods. And this is the lower gods, the Ajiji. The forced labor was heavy and the misery too much. The seven great Anuna gods, these are the heavenly gods. That's what Anuna means. An Anunnaki is those from heaven to earth came. Anu, King Anu, god of heaven. And then na, which means came to or translated to or went to or, you know, there's that's debated. Ki, K-I is earth. That's that's where we get earth from, ki. Um, and again, earth from ia and ki and ki, god of earth, right? Okay. Um, the seven great Anuna gods were burdening the Ajiji gods with forced labor the gods were digging water courses and canals they opened the life of the land the ajiji gods were digging water courses canals they opened the life of the land the ajiji gods dug the tigris river and the euphrates river springs they opened from the depths wells they established they heaped up the mountains Years of drudgery, the vast marsh, they counted years of drudgery. Okay, did they really build mountains? Did they build the mountains in Colorado and uh, Nevada? And uh, did they build the mountains out in Montana or in uh, Switzerland? Or No, I, they didn't physically build those mountains, okay? But most likely what this is talking about is the mountain houses, the occur, the, the pyramids, um, or that they heaped up large hills because they're digging water courses and they're able to put dirt elsewhere to heap up different land masses to start establishing cities. Um, and a lot of people look at this and they go, oh, they heaped up mountains. It, it doesn't say that they made all the mountains on the earth. They heaped up mountains or mounds, right? Okay. This sounds like a construction project. Imagine if you... If you're alive 9,000 years ago, or what's more commonly accepted, you know, 6,000 years ago, early man, um, and you watch someone come down and they're digging 
literal water courses. They're developing cities and they're creating ecosystems for you to dwell in and setting up civilizations for all time, which is what Enlil said he would do. Um, you're going to go, oh yeah, they made mountains there. They dug the water courses, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and they were these great creator gods. Well, they're just down here with heavy machinery that they landed on our planet, right? If this literally happened, that's the only explanation for it. They have their, their ships that they're doing work. Okay. That's ancient astronaut theory in a nutshell. Again, I can't prove it. I'm not here to tell you it act actually happened. I believe it happened. I think, you know, there's a 90% chance that that's actually what we're dealing with. Yeah. There's still 10% of me that goes, that's crazy. Like, how would we not know? But again, the other 90% says, I see the evidence for it. I see how that clearly could have happened. I see that there's no way we built those pyramids. There's no way we built like Teotihuacan or uh, some of these, you know, ancient, ancient sites that like, it's just like, how did you ever come up with that stuff? How do you get 90 degree angles cut into stone in the corner with no tooling marks? Like, you know, how do you get that? Heather says, I believe it. Thank you, Heather. Joe Burke says they were taking genetic material from a god to make a zygote. Yes, yes, a ghost inhabitant. That's actually exactly right, Joe. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so we're, we're going to get into that too here in a minute. So I want to tell you guys a story. The other night I was out on my parents' driveway, often hang out with them, uh, sit by the fire pit on the weekends and chill and visit. Um, and I heard this noise, like jet engine noise. And I looked up and it was like weird. It's like immediately. And there's a plane that's flying over my parents' house. And planes never fly like the way it was flying. It was flying uh, north. It was flying, yeah, north to south. But, like our airport is nowhere near there, um, and it was low. I'm talking like a couple of hundred feet above the earth low. And this thing was clearly a private jet, clearly brand new, super bright LEDs, including LEDs like lining the, the wings of it and underneath it. It looked like. Uh, if you've ever like gone on Sunset Strip or something and see all the cars with the LED lights around them and stuff, that's what this looked like. It was brand new and super flashy. I mean, it probably was some celebrity like flying over or landing at a private airport uh, and visiting a friend here or something weird. Like it was really weird. And I'm like, what is going on right above the house? And I immediately realized what it would be like if you're Moses. What it would be like if you're Adam, what it would be like if you're Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or Ezekiel or Enoch or Noah and your gods are flying over in crafts and to you, they look like dragons and they look like birds and you draw them and you depict them the best you can and you put a bird head on your god statue because he came from the sky he was riding a great bird do you guys do you hear how that sounds this is literally the language used in these ancient myths including the bible yahweh came down in fire and smoke he had a voice of many waters 
and it sounded like many winds. It was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. He dwells in thick darkness. He causes the rains to come forth. Do you guys understand this? Like, again, yes, exactly, Rebecca. Symbolism, okay? Whoever stepped out of that private jet, if I had never seen a private jet, and they stepped out and they've got money, and they've got technology, and they've got a highly evolved mind because they've seen it all. And we're using little tools, little bones and stuff like that. And we, we don't even have bronze and stuff like that at this point. Like, they're the ones that are like, hey, use gold. Like, here's a tool for you. Use some bronze. Like, here's some. They're teaching us that they're covered in gold and bronze. Like, they literally have suits of armor that protect them. These fish gods that came from the sea, they have warming suits on. You've seen that that Under Armour stuff that you can wear that has like the little scales on it, little silver scales, and it keeps the warmth of your body in. That's that fish suit, the fish god, Anki, that came from the water. Like imagine what an archaic people, imagine what you would think if someone came down in a flying saucer now and looked different than you and had different technology and different clothing and you had never seen a movie and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a God. What do you want? What can I do for you? Please help us, dot, dot, dot. Guys, this is, I think, what we're dealing with. And to me, that is ancient astronaut theory wrapped in a nutshell. It's called a cargo cult. These happened all through the war in the 1940s when we would go and we would inhabit islands for a brief time. And we would offload all our stuff. We would come from the air. We would come from the water submarines boats planes and these people that had never seen any outside visitors they've been untouched civilizations for thousands of years on islands fishing living in the sun and the surf thousands of miles off the coast and we drop in with all of our tech and the stories go that these tribes began to worship soldiers as their gods and write this stuff down or depict it in the best way they could with their language. And even things like spam got written down as the food of the gods because that's the canned meat that we would bring, right? Do you guys see how crazy that sounds? But think about it, and it logically makes sense. And if you live four or five, 6,000 years ago and something comes down, and says, all right, we're going to start doing this here. We're going to do this here. And I need you to do this. And by the way, you have the blood of my ancestors. So you're a great archetype. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be your God. And then that dude's like, really? Okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I was the God of your, your forefathers, by the way. Yeah. That thing they were talking about. That's me. I'm back. Crazy, right? Or not so crazy. So, to finish reading into this, uh, da, 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 where did my, there we go. The Ajiji gods dig in the water courses. Enlil, counselor of the gods, the warrior, come, let us remove him from his dwelling. So, right now, the Ajiji are literally lighting torches and taking up their axes, their shovels, and their tools. And they are headed to the mountain house, to the Akur, which is the pyramid house of Enlil, 
the warrior. They say, let us remove him from his dwelling. Enlil, counselor of the gods, the warrior, come. Let's remove him from the dwelling. Now then, call for battle. Let us join warfare. The gods heard his words. They set fire to their tools. They put fire to their spaces and flame to their work baskets. Off they went, one and all, to the gate of the warrior and Lil's abode. Clearly, they go to a physical god's abode here. It was night, halfway through the watch. The house was surrounded. But God, but the God did not know it was night, halfway through the watch. Ikur was surrounded, but Enlil did not know. Ikur being the pyramid house or the pyramid. Uh, and I don't believe this was necessarily the pyramid in, you know, Egypt, so much as this is uh, a ziggurat or one of his mountain houses that he built, right? Um Anyway, and they go on, they have this whole insurrection, and then down here, Ea made ready to speak. So Enki is about to talk here. He said to the gods, his brothers, what do you lay down to their charge? Their forced labor was heavy, the misery too much. He's telling his other brother gods, like, guys, come on, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're hurting them. This is misery for them. The outcry was loud. We could hear the clamor. The midwife is present. Let her create then a human, a man. Let him bear the yoke. Let him bear the yoke of the Ejiji. Let man assume the drudgery of the God. The midwife is present. Let the midwife create a human being. Let them assume the drudgery of the God. They summoned and asked the goddess, the midwife of the gods, wise mommy. Yes, mommy. It says mommy. M-A-M-I, mommy. Uh, might that be where we get the word mommy from? I mean, there's nothing new, guys. Nothing new. Will you be the birth goddess, creatress of humankind? Create a human being to bear him the yoke. Let him bear the yoke, the task of Enlil. Let man assume the drudgery of the god. Nintu made ready to speak and said to the great gods, it is not for me to do it. The task is Anki's. He it is that cleanses all. Let him provide me the clay so that I can do the making. Anki made ready to speak. Now, again, I believe that clay here is a substitution for let him provide me the substratum, the material, the genetic material. That's what I believe is going on, okay? Because a lot of this stuff makes sense, and then you throw something like clay in there, and now it just sounds like a goofy myth, right? I think she's saying Anki's the one. He washes his hands. He has a clean space. You know, he's got all the tools. He's the scientist. If he'll provide me with the material, okay, not the clay, but the material, I will agree to be the host. So Anki spoke to the great gods on the first, the seventh, and the 15th days of the month. Let me establish a purification, a bath. Let one god be slaughtered and let the gods be cleansed by immersion. 
Now, are they physically unaliving another god, or is the word slaughter here for let one of the gods be insanguinated? Let us draw genetic material. We're going to do this on the different days of the female cycle. The first, the seventh, and the 15th days. We're going to keep trying this so we get it right. Do you guys understand this? Yeah, sounds like cloning, Joe says. Exactly. Heather, no, this is not Sitchin. This is literally a several thousand year old clay tablet called the Epic of Atrahasis. The Epic of Atrahasis. This is a Mesopotamian myth. Crazy, I know. This sounds like Sitchin, right? Sounds like him. Why does it sound like him? Because this is where he got all his material. And that's what I try to tell people. Everybody's like, oh, Sitchin's been debunked. Really? Have you read the actual text? Because I don't think anybody can debunk him when you go read this stuff. And you're like, all you got to do is understand one or two words slightly different in a modern scientific understanding. And I'm not telling you this is good science, guys. I'm not telling you this. I'm not telling you this verbatim a thousand percent happened. I'm telling you, if it happened literally, I think this actually makes a whole lot of sense. If it happened literally. I can't tell you it did. But again, replace clay with material and replace slaughtering a god with we're going to ensanguinate them. We're going to actually take genetic material. We're going to put some, some tubes in. And on the first, the seventh, and the 15th days of the month, we're going to he's going to bathe. She's going to bathe. We're going to do this clean because remember, Anki makes all things clean. Does that mean that he's the savior of humanity and makes people perfect white as snow like Jesus? No, I don't think that's what this is talking about. He makes all things clean. You go into his lab, you come out clean. Okay. That's what I think. Heather says, I just bought two of his books. Good for you. Um, the Lost Book of Anki is one of my favorites. I'm currently reading 12th Planet. And again, you don't really, you don't have to subscribe to his theories to just read this and start to get ideas. But if you take his theories into account, this is just cut and dry. We've totally, totally missed what all of these myths are about, quite possibly. Uh, and quite possibly, Anki is a great scientist. He makes things clean and he knows exactly ritualistically on what days they should do these procedures or these fertilization procedures. Do you guys understand? Like, do you understand what I'm saying here? Like this sounds so religious in some ways. And then you look into the Bible and it sounds so religious in some ways, but if you take away divinity from a lot of it, the idea that these are somehow holy perfect beings and you just understand this as holy is set apart they're holier than humanity because they're set apart because they can fly they can go up into space they can go up into the heavens they can get around fast right what's up asa how are you my friend that's what and by the way the word holy literally just means set apart it does not mean godly it does not mean worth worshiping it means set apart Okay, so even when you say, oh, that's holy, don't touch that. Really, it's just set apart. Well, God is holy. Well, depends on which God you're talking about and how set apart they are. I'm reading First Esther's at the moment. Awesome, awesome, Eliora. 
Joe Burke says this book also explains more on the mark of Cain that he uh, did not get on alive to what was owned by Enlil. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Heather says, what do I think happened to them? That's what I'm trying to understand. What happened to the Anunnaki gods? Um, they did their work and left. We have shafts on this earth that have been open for thousands of years that clearly could have been ancient mining operations. They find ancient cities underground all the time that have been abandoned. I think these gods did what they came to do. And according to Zachariah Sitchin, I haven't found that in the source yet, but I'm continuing to look where they allegedly wanted gold here. They're obsessed with gold. And his theory is that they wanted to aerosolize the gold and spray it into their atmosphere to help protect from UV radiation. Their planet was very cool. They liked it cool. That also ties into the Bible when Yahweh Elohim, yes, Yahweh Elohim, because in, in, after Genesis 2, you get introduced to Yahweh or in Genesis 2. And Yahweh walked in the cool of the day with Adam or Adapa. Well, who else walked in the cool of the day? Anki. Anki would go and visit. He would go in the cool of the night after the sun had gone down. Why do you think Enlil wanted a house built like a pyramid? Why do you think Anki went to the water? Because if they are from another planet, their planet is not near as warm as this planet. And they had to shade themselves so they didn't burn. So they didn't just get boils on their skin, right? They wanted to be in the cool of the day. And it makes sense. Why was Adam walking in the cool of the day? Because it was romantic and he was in love with his God. And God had his heart and, and he had God's heart. And they were one because God created. Guys, that is such a romanticized view of that. The very simple, most logical thing, if this really happened and you're going to subscribe to the idea, is that he walked in the cool of the day because he was a different of a different planet, a different atmosphere. And why were they trying to fix their atmosphere? To keep their planet cool so it didn't overheat, so they didn't boil, so they had fresh air to breathe, so that they could continue life on their planet. That's the way I view it. Again, I can't tell you it's true, but I can certainly say the theories to me make more logical sense than anything I've ever heard in Sunday school. That's just me. So what does all this look like to you? That's how I view Anki as a possible scientist. Right down here, it says, when Father Anki goes forth to the people, good seed comes forth. When Ninmud goes forth, to the good pregnant ewes and the good lambs will be born. When he goes forth to the cows, good calves are born. This is talking about, I think, scientific advancements in perfecting agriculture, in perfecting the ability to build a food chain for a growing population. And then Anki says, I brought forth the arts and crafts from the Akur, the house of Enlil, from the pyramid, the house of Enlil. Akur, again, means mountain house. To the Abzu, the Abzu is the freshwater ocean or rings around the city. Eridu is the city of the gods, by the way. That's where the gods were landing or making contact. 
He says, I am the good seed begotten by a wild bull. I am the firstborn of On. Why would Enlil absolutely despise wild bull statues being made out of gold? Does that story sound familiar? Yahweh did not want golden bulls, the bull of El, the bull of Anu being made. Because Enki right here is claiming, I am begotten of the wild bull Anu. I am the son of Anu. And they were arguing the whole time on who was the true born son, because it sounds like they had two different mothers, yet they were half brothers. Just like, what did Molly say the other day? It was just like uh, Thor and Loki. So this stuff is super important. Why haven't you heard about it? Because it's so hard to understand, guys. These myths are buried, buried on websites scholarly websites you almost have to study these myths and get deep into it to understand it you almost have to start your coursework in this and guys that's that's why i'm here to help give the public the coursework in this to help people figure this out i'm not going to share it today but i'll share more this week i have an entire academy dedicated to this to decoding these myths helping you think more esoterically and more theoretically helping you understand yourself, helping you understand your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors, helping you think more like I do, not to make you like me, but to help help you ask better questions, help you manifest better, help you. I even have entrepreneurship uh, courses within my academy to teach you how I do spiritual entrepreneurship. How do I do the side hustle? How do I do the full-time hustle like this that makes it a viable soul contract for me on this earth to say, I'm here to teach. I'm here to enlighten. I'm here to entertain. I'm going to have fun with it. This is how I'm going to do it. Here's my unique perspectives. And that's what I want to teach the world. There are people right now that should be doing something. They have an excitement that they're terrified to activate on because what if I'm judged? Well, that's stupid. Well, I'm not really good at that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I've got a job. I got to do this. I got family. I got kids. I got whatever. Stop the madness, okay? It's time to activate on what you're really being called to do. And I'm going to talk more about that this week. We're going to do a bunch of workshops this week. Guys, all the way through, um, we've got a huge event coming up on Black Friday and Saturday. Um, I'm doing a ton of sales. We're doing giveaways. Lots of good stuff coming. So you guys be ready. I will be taking the day off on Thanksgiving. But other than that, I'm going to be throwing down content all the time. Here I am on a Sunday. I want to connect with you guys. I want to make sure you guys have the resources that you need. That's why I asked for tips on a day like today. Tomorrow, I'll share more about our Mythos community as well as our Charisma membership. Um, where you can get access to our Zoom calls. I've got an academy in there, 500 plus videos in there. And I'm working on an entire Anunnaki master course to go in there that's going to blow your mind and really give you guys the tools that you need to deconstruct all of these different systems of belief and go, okay, here's how this might be. And here's how I break my mind free from this type of control. Aliora says, blessed is the seed of the wombs for it is the divine spirit, truth of divine within us. Absolutely. Heather says, my dad wants to learn more about this and he was a pastor. It resonates with him for sure. Heather, that is awesome. That is awesome, my friend. Well, invite your dad to the show sometime. I've got a ton of archive content as well on my YouTube channel. 
You can go check that out. All of my official socials are at C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can find me on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, X, Threads, all the places, guys. I'm everywhere now, okay? I've got different versions of content dropping on all the platforms, so follow me on all platforms that you're active on so you don't miss because I may post stories over on Instagram that you're not going to see on other platforms, okay? I may post posts over on uh, TikTok that you don't see anywhere else. I may post uh, like longer videos over on YouTube that you're not going to see anywhere else because they don't fit on the reels or whatever on other things or the TikTok videos. So make sure you follow me everywhere you can to stay connected in a crazy world. That way we can continue the conversation all the time. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. I love you all. I hope you have a beautiful day. I've got time for a couple more questions, um, or comments. If you guys have them, drop them right now. I'd love to answer those. Um, if you enjoyed this, drop some gifts, drop some tips, some roses, some blue aliens, some galaxies, drop some stars, some super chats over on YouTube, whatever you guys can do really helps me out. You can also see you be kukr.com c-u-b-k-u-k-e-r.com um and directly donate to my paypal over there that's a great way that you can support me uh whatever you're more comfortable with some people are more comfortable just doing it straight over uh to my paypal account that way it's all encrypted through paypal and everything that's totally cool whether you can do a dollar or ten dollars or hundred dollars or whatever it really directly helps me create more content do better artwork more research stream more, make more videos as I continue to grow this towards a team, towards an actual network. Yeah, I want to do things like direct movies. Um, I want to tell these stories to the world in a beautiful, beautiful way. Okay, I'm not here to be religious. I'm not here to be some sort of spiritual guru. I'm just here to bring some logic and some creativity and some understanding to the masses uh, that maybe we can all agree on is maybe a little bit stranger than fiction but maybe, just maybe, might hold more data that helps us ascend together. And what is ascension? Uh, it's nothing but gnosis. It's nothing but knowing who you are, what your potential is, believing in yourself, believing in others, and knowing that you have the very source of life of the entire universe within you, and you have the authority of that life within you. That's what, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, he used the word basalia, which means kingdom, but it's not a kingdom place. It's actually rule or reign. The authority of God is within you is what he was saying. Joe says, love this cub. Thank you so much. Heather says, our true history on here would love your work. Awesome. I will have to check out their channel. I have not checked that out. Uh, be sure and tag me in one of their videos, though. That would be awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, love connections uh, that you guys are willing to make. Thank you, guys. Uh, your documents are great. Thank you so much. Uh, the barber says, yeah, uh, if you haven't downloaded my free Anunnaki guide, great time to mention that, uh, is, uh, probably what you're talking about here. I've got a free PDF, the Anunnaki free guide. Um, you can start your journey with the whole Anunnaki stuff. If you've never heard of it, or this is the first time you've heard of it, I've got like nine core myths in there. I do a lot of the archetype tying together, talk about how it connects to the biblical canon. And I really just give you uh, it's like a 101 crash course 
in Anunnaki mythology. And it's a great place to start. It's, it's all text-based. It's just a super simple PDF. Um, it's, it's kind of the beginning of what I'm working into a full course on Anunnaki mythology. Uh, but it's a great place to start and really just, you know, dip your toe into, like I said, there's nine core mythologies there. You can just copy and paste, go look them up online, wherever you can find them, read them for yourself. Then I explain them and summarize them there as well. Uh, just so you guys have, again, there's not a lot of stuff out there like this. And I think it might be one of the most important keys to us decoding and deciphering all of the religions of the world, all of the belief systems, all of the systems of control that we've been put under, and maybe just breaking free of all of that and going, wait a minute, are you saying that I can actually dot, 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 I could actually dot, dot, dot? Yes, I am. That's what I'm saying. And that's ultimately my goal in telling these stories is I think these stories hold a key to who we might really be and what our potential as a human race and one mind, one heart together might actually be capable of. Honeybee says, yes, because the truth is hidden in all religions and traditions. Exactly, exactly. It's almost like it was broken apart in all these different cultural things. And everybody says that their cultural thing is the right way. But it's not until you put them all together and then connect them to the completely forgotten Sumerian, Babylonian, and Akkadian myths that nobody really practices anymore because they're lost to time yet we still have these myths that we can understand and read uh x mind says do i want to see a magic trick look at the mountains tomorrow well i would but it wouldn't be much of a magic trick because i live in west texas and the only mountains here are buried hundreds of feet under our uh, uh under our feet actually there's what's called the Amarillo Mountains, but they're actually under hundreds of feet of sediment where there was at some point a lot of water in our area. Hmm, wonder why uh, that covered it in silt. And um, yeah, there's a bunch of mountains under us. But uh, do I see the Melchizedek connection to all of this? Yes. And I talked about Melchizedek the other day. Melchizedek was a priest of Anu uh, or El Elyon in the the biblical canon. And uh, so, you know, he knew like the higher mysteries. That's why King Anu, like when Enki and all these other angels interbred with humanity and Anu gets upset or even Enlil, we don't know exactly which one it was. You know, he's like, you've taught them worthless things. Uh, there's a much higher set of heavenly mysteries and you've just taught your, your offspring these worthless things. You know, why have you wasted your time and sinned in this way? That's kind of my Enoch tie into all of this, but, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. The whole, uh, order of Melchizedek being a higher order of new, essentially uh, Odin or Zeus or El Elyon, whatever you want to consider it. Uh, but you know, the one that sits on the throne above the heavens, that's actually on another planet or actually in the mothership or, or you know however you choose to view it a lot of people try to view it and they're like oh it's just esoteric it's all about the higher mind the god of the higher mind and that's fine if you want to believe that but you don't need these myths to get to that understanding you need to just meditate and do your metaphysical spiritual practice you don't need all the story devices necessarily to experience that so it doesn't make a lot of sense that these stories are just for uh, the esoteric data, I again, I think that if you take them literally and you put 
the modern day understanding on how this might have worked, then you you come up with a whole different picture. Um, do your own research. I'm not telling you this is all truth. I'm telling you this is a fun, creative way to look at it, and it might change your view. And you're going with this. You're going to struggle with it. Did they really do this? Did this really happen? Well, I see these ancient sites. Well, I see this evidence. Well, I see this. And at a certain point, you kind of just go, okay, maybe, maybe. Um, but then, then I have to change this belief system and this one and this one. And it's very uncomfortable. But the more you do it, uh, the more it does break you free. And ultimately, that's what I want for everyone is freedom. Freedom to choose. Freedom to love freedom to be, freedom to believe, um, however you choose, freedom to help others. I mean, that's the, the most important thing is like, be the God that you need on this earth, right? Um, if more people did that, we'd have a whole lot better earth rather than people arguing, my God's better than your God. Because the gods have been doing that since, since you know, human humanity here. Um, so maybe it's time that we quit arguing you and my God's better than yours and just say, I'm going to be a better God than my God. Joe Burke. Thank you, my friend. Joe Burke says, yes, sir. For our hearts. Thank you. Happy and homeless. How are you, my friend? Uh, I knew it was connected. LOL. Couldn't put it together, but I could feel there was more to it. Absolutely. And Heather, don't hesitate. I'm not promoing it today, but if you haven't joined into the mythos community, go check it out. It's on sale right now. It's only seven bucks a month. Uh, and you can do a whole year and get two months for free. You can get on the Zooms with us and bring your dad, even if he doesn't want to join. But you're welcome to bring him as a guest. Where we get to talk about all of this, I can make the connections directly. We did a great session on Saturday. Um, lots and lots of cool stuff. So uh, Heather says, definitely will. I need a community lab. And if you do join today, I'll welcome you over there and I'll give you a free copy. I'm not doing this... Uh, yet I'm going to be given some free stuff to sale on Black Friday, but Heather, I'll go ahead and give you, um, if you want to join today, the uh, audio book called God Given Gifts of Brilliance. It's the book I wrote in 2020. Uh, it was written from a Christian mystic point of view, a bit more deconstructed now, but there's some data in that and just uncovering your spiritual gift, really leaning into who you are and what you were created to be. So fantastic, fantastic book. Um, I narrate it, I wrote it, everything. So if you join, hit me up. I'll make you a video myself and say hi, know you more, and I'll give you a free digital download of that audio book that you can get through Amazon. So anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Heather, appreciate you. Anyone that's listening later on, the website is C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com, Cubcooker is my official website for all things supernatural, mythological, and ultimately stranger than fiction. I love you guys. Full day. Fly with Gustavo. Where can we access it? Uh, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R um, cubcooker.com. Joe Burke says, thank you so much, love. Thank you. Wow. I look forward to being involved. Thank you, Heather. Look forward to meeting you, my friend. I really appreciate everyone to that offers for anybody too. If you're um, just hit me up. I'll make sure you get the same deal Heather did. You referenced this episode. Uh, Rebecca, thanks for being here. Asa, how are you? Asa says, or was it Anki's son that started the movement? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you got Marduk in there too. And uh, it gets pretty convoluted. Here we go with the 
myths and Bryce Sitchin talks a bit about that in the 12th planet, his book, uh, because he, then you start getting like Marduk and there's another God that like is a different cultural adaptation of Marduk. And so it's kind of confusing, but, um, I like to break it down into arts, storm God, God of the earth, who got promoted and who got demoted. Um, you know, if you look at God of this world that you hear about in the Bible, you know, you, that's like, oh, that's Satan. Okay, God of this world is Satan. Well, at one point, Enlil was the God of heaven and earth. He's like, I am the God of this world. I own planet earth. Enki was originally to be God of the earth. Then he became God of the water. Well, why was Jesus obsessed with water baptism? You must be born of water, right? Like, uh, that also just meant general birth and the reincarnation cycle, right? Um, but ultimately, all of this ties in, I think, to the soul trap of reincarnation which I'll talk more about this week. But this was a great jumping off point. I hope this laid a lot of groundwork for people. This should be one of my most popular episodes because people need to know about Anki. People, if you know about Anki, you get to know about Enlil and Anu, and then you start to understand the archetypes of the gods. And if you look at it through this lens, it all makes a whole sense. Now, there are other versions of these myths, especially Especially when you get into mythology, you get into the pagan mythology, you get into um, Nordic mythology. Typically, you get into things like Thor and Odin and all of this stuff. It's all very esoteric within that, you know, Odin giving his eye for wisdom and all of this stuff. Uh, and that's kind of a whole different device. Are they all based on kind of the same pantheons? Yes, yes. Like you get kind of the two brothers and dad and then the pantheons below them and all of the stuff, right? Um, but yes, some cultures, like the Germanic cultures, put a whole lot more esoteric data in there. They weren't concerned with any of the literal how, where, or why. They were more concerned with what is the tree of hell? What is the wisdom of Odin? What is, you know, they were looking at the magic mysteries of how do you ascend through understanding these things. And that's a very important device in all these stories. I don't want to discount that. Um, but if you're looking for that device, probably not the best place to look in the Mesopotamian myths or the Hebrew mythology because it, it retains so much of the potentiality for this to literally happen. If you just change a couple of the understandings, then it makes sense of like, okay, this is like a sci-fi movie now instead of, then you get into the Nordic mythology. Um, and that's where you get a lot more of the esoteric side of it, you know, and you're not wondering about how there can be a tree that covers all of creation. You understand a tree having roots and branches and as above, so below and all of the stuff. So, um, but again, I think they're all derived from the same core event, uh, most likely. So. That's just my opinion. Make your own. Do your own research. Hope you've enjoyed today. I love you guys. You'll have an awesome day. Happy Sunday. It was great to stream on a Sunday again. Plan on doing that all through the holidays. Uh, no, the app is not Vibly. Where are you seeing Vibly, by the way? Um, if you're seeing Vibly, you're at the right. Um, and if you do have that, Heather, send that to me. People have been copying my account and trying to make fits and all kinds of stuff. So... 
It should be C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. And actually, Vibly was originally the app, I guess. It may, it may still be on... Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. It may still be on, on Android, if you're on Android. Kajabi is what I, I did the build on. So, uh, And I think they bought Vibly. So yeah, as long as it's through cubcooker.com, you just, just go buy Mythos there. Uh, if you want the Academy, you can get... Um, and you'll get the zooms and everything through that. But yeah, there's going to be our community app is actually the Kajabi communities. And then our Academy app is going to be a Kajabi course working on a branded app. I have to hit 300 members before we get there where we are working on that guy or we are actually moving fairly, fairly steadily towards that goal. I think that we could be there by my birthday in March. That's actually my goal. Uh, as soon as we have 300 members, I've made the commitment to go ahead and make the investment. It costs me several hundred dollars more a month. Uh, but we'll have our own branded app that'll be under our community name. One app to rule them all. You won't have to have both apps. Uh, it'll be awesome. I'll have a support team over there. Um, and that's coming. So the more members we get, the quicker we get them. We get 300 by the end of the year. I promise you that app will be in development by the end of the year. So just the more people that hear this and join, that app is coming, my friends. Um, and it's going to be a great way. You only have to have one app at that point. Um, I actually like the desktop version really well on cubcooker.com. And then uh, log in and then select the product there. And then I just bookmark the community and the course separate tabs on my desktop. I really like interacting that way because I'm I'm old and I wear glasses. So I like to look at the big screen. But anyway, that's just my opinion. So Heather says, awesome. Uh, great question here. So uh, what starseed or planet to the RH negative come from or belong to? Taffy Addison asks, I have not done a RH blood type video. And here's why. Um, I have a have an issue with that because of the potentiality to discriminate. Um, I believe everybody can ascend. I don't think you have to have any kind of blood type. I don't think there's anything like that, guys. Um, I think we are all Nephilim. I think we are all children of the gods. I think we all have the genetics to ascend, okay? Um, I know there's a lot of theories around that. A lot of people like talking about that. I know nothing about it. I am not a biologist. I'm not a geneticist. So I cannot speak to that. And I don't think I should without knowing anything about it other than allegedly dot, dot, dot. Now, if you have that blood type and you've experienced things, that's awesome. That's great. But again, I don't think that another person that doesn't have that is somehow at a disadvantage, if that makes sense. Uh, Nikki says, I agree. Thank you for saying this. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's just too many people talking about it. And I, I think it leaves a lot of people out. And now we get this complex again, just like the elitist complex of the elect and chosen ones of God again, rather than realizing we are all one, we are all one humanity. And yes, we may all come from different tribes or different gods, that does not mean that we cannot ascend through the very message of Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, to love your neighbor as yourself, love the source within you, and understand the kingdom is within you and the reign of that is within you. Danny says, I'm in agreement with you for 
the success of this podcast. Danny, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Love your profile picture, man. Uh, you know, I love the fantasy artwork. That's cool. Thank you. Um, so I hope that makes sense. You know, again, Taffy, uh, totally respect that. I just haven't done a video on that because it's not my forte. Um, and there's just a lot of content on it out there anyway. So, uh, for me, not a lot of people doing Sumerian mythologies as thoroughly as I am and tying them to the Bible and the supernatural realms and Enoch and all of that stuff. That's really where I try to play ball. So Danny says, I've been watching you for a little while now, Cub. This is my first time catching you live. I'm seriously considering becoming a member. Peace and love to you, my man. Danny, don't consider becoming a member. Do it because, and I, I said this the other day, I'm closing membership very soon, okay? We've got Black Friday sale coming up. We got holidays before the end of the year. I'm closing it down for a while. Get in now. It's the cheapest you will ever get in on my membership or like go to the website now just make the decision if you don't love it you can cancel anytime and you don't have to pay anymore i mean it's 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 less than a cup of coffee i spend more for one cup of coffee now than i do for what this membership costs so please consider it if you're on the fence i hope that knocked you over go grab it um and i'll welcome you in there i'd love to meet you you can post a video share a little bit about yourself if you feel comfortable with it if not Love to meet you on the Zoom. Um, also, I am doing my best now to make welcome videos for our members. So if you're if you're in there, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you, make you a welcome video, and I'll give you the free book too, Danny. That free book will not, I only have a handful of those left, so those free books are for a limited time. Uh, it's a full audio book. It's like eight hours, I think. It's what I wrote in 2020. I just spent like my whole end of the year in 2020 writing this book called God-Given Gifts of Brilliance. It's fantastic. It's me narrating it the whole time. It's uh, a self-empowerment book. It's fantastic. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. But anyway, go check it out. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I actually wasn't going to promote the community today. I was really working on tips today. But thank you guys. Y'all brought it up. So I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, Anunnaki guide is great. If you haven't gotten that, even if you're in the community, get your Anunnaki guide. And the reason is, um, cheat sheet for a lot of what I talk about here. So it just gives you a lot of data there. That's not, it's not in anything else yet. It's not in the Academy yet. I am working on a full course set for the Academy that if you're a part of the Academy, you'll get access to that first, but, uh, get the free guide, whether you're in the community or not, cause it's your cheat sheet. Um, I recommend printing it out, highlight stuff, write other verses or ideas you have, use it as like a journaling tool. If you need to just muck it all up, write all over it, use it as a research tool. It's one of the best things you can do is there, get it dirty, uh, mark it up with, with pen, take your notes on it. Nothing is sacred here on this channel. So nothing is set apart. Uh, for all of us. So I love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Hope you've enjoyed this. This has been the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. Peace. God bless. And namaste.